wait is over. over. Talkline Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. And now... You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. Here is your host. Welcome back to the program, Mom. Zev Brenner, everybody, so with the terrible tragedy that happened in Israel on Lagba Omer in the city of Maron. With us right now is an eyewitness. He was actually there at the place where the tragedy took place. I'm referring to Zalman Eisenbach. He's originally from the United States, the founder of Hadara Designs. So, Zalman, thank you for joining us. And I know it's painful and hard to talk about, but I want to go back to Lag Bomer. Tell us about where you are and what happened during what was supposed to be a celebration. Hi. Um, so I arrived to Moron at 10.15 at night about Israel time. I was... I came with my father. He was here from America, and I was think he told me he wanted to go to the into the Mara to Daven, and I told him that I don't like to be pushed. So I'll, I usually go outside the Mara, and I have my quiet place where I say to him, and that's where I went. And yeah. I was here for about an hour, mm-hmm. saying to him. I said from Tadik till the end, and I felt that I. Davened well, Baruch Hashem, and now let's go enjoy a little bit of dancing. The... So I usually go into the chutzer where it's not that bad pushed, and you could enjoy a little bit. And I found myself at the very quiet music, like sometimes it's the exciting songs, and sometimes like the very low, slow songs. So I was here for a while, and I, I didn't feel like, you know, this is not the real like Bohemia dancing, so let me go look for somewhere else that I could just really enjoy the dancing, and then I'll go home. So I went to look around where there's any close-by dancing that could join, and someone told me that Tobias Aaron is now going to light uh, his adloka. So I felt great. That's the most popular adloka from like Bohemia. And let me take a look. So I went there, and he was in the middle speaking. And I thought, if he's speaking, he's going to light. Let me stay here for a little bit. And I, many years I went to his look, not every year, but many years. And my past experience was that it's very packed and very pushed. So I just went on the side. Um... And he finished speaking, and he started uh, lighting the hadloka. I remember, I remember within a minute, maybe two, not more, I was standing on the side. I started feeling a huge push coming towards me, and I was right away pushed into the, the wall where I was standing. And I had a very hard time catching my breath from this very strong push, but there was nowhere to push back. And I think that was from my hardest few moments, because it was hard to breathe. I was pushed, and there was all the emotions coming right in. This is not for me. I don't like this. I don't like to be in such a situation. 
I went on the side because I don't like to be pushed, and here I find myself with nowhere to go, and really crushed to the wall. And uh, I think it was a teenager in front of me tried to jump up to a railing of steps onto the steps, and I saw I can't do it. I wanted to do it. I tried to do it, but I saw I can't. I first threw up my head in the air to... I wanted to feel something lighter on me, and I was very sad that moment, just noticing what's happening. And I knew it's different than all the years. What I was worried from all past years, this was something different. You you felt there was something different this year. You, yeah, yeah. Were you and you and you were concerned for your safety, right? Because of that feeling. Yeah. I I I was. I originally went on a side because I don't want to. I didn't want to find myself being pushed. Now, I don't, I'm not the kind of person that likes to push and being the pushing. It's just not for me. And then I find myself with such a strong push and having a hard time to breathe and nowhere to move. And you just in it. It was very sad. It was, it was just the first two minutes into this. So it was still time to think and you hope it will be over very quickly. And there was such a little built not room, but like a little room it looked like, of wood, I think it was. And that was crushed to the floor within a second, and it really showed me how strong this pushing is. And from there, my whole mind went into how can I survive this and keep breathing. And the whole crowd was starting, me, myself, and the people around were starting to be pushed, towards the ramp that leaves the whole area where that looker was. There on the ramp, I just kept my head straight up towards the sky because it was a fresh night of year. I wanted to be able to breathe normally the whole time. It was a little relief. It was bad, but comparing to the other bad, it was a little bit of relief that the whole crowd was like sliding down the ramp, so I felt like at least it's moving somewhere. I didn't know where, but somewhere. At the end of the ramp was a few steps, and people started tripping on my left side. And there, I was almost tripping with the people, and I rem- that's the moment we, I remember, like, mamish, that I was almost, chaz v'shalem, you know, losing it. Because you were concerned for your life, but, you, but you, didn't, you didn't trip. No, I didn't. Uh, the people um, in front of me, uh, on the left side, were, like, falling, and I remember, like, trying to not to fall. I, I was mamish almost falling along with them. At that point, I already heard people around me saying they can't breathe, they can't breathe. It wasn't like huge screaming or chaos. It was more like quiet, panic, sad, people like fighting for to survive this. And then there is another step, set of steps a little bit further. I found myself stuck between the two sets of steps. At that moment, I remember it's just standing. No one is moving anywhere. I'm a little blank what exactly was then, but I remember that I felt very concerned for my life, that I was thinking what I could be macabre to have a schuss to come out of there. Now, were people stepping on the bodies that fell down? So, I, Baruch Hashem, don't remember stepping on anyone. I spoke yesterday to a booker, there was a famous clip that went around how I come out of the hole, which 
I found out who the other person before me is. He was two feet away from me, and he he did, you know, see more than I saw. But I heard a lot around me. I saw people falling on my left side by the first set of steps, but I just moved forward, meaning to, there's like, I think, a little landing between both sets of steps. Because you were trying to get out. But you said people started panicking? Yeah, from when people started tripping by the steps there, from then till I got out, I heard here and there people like saying they can't breathe, they can't breathe, they can't breathe, you know, such kinds of things. Now my focus was fully on myself, keeping myself breathing and how I could get out of there, that I wasn't so present looking around at people around me, how they are doing. I was mamish, fully, fully focused. Am I breathing? How can I get out? Anything you're you're focused on, on how to get out of there, correct? Exactly, yeah. Now, were people, were you, were you moving? Were you, were you moving without even moving your feet because people were pushing you? You pushing you forward? That was until the ramp. It was just sliding everyone together like a whole, you know. But at that moment in time, you didn't see any dead bodies. No. No, I didn't see. But I, I heard people saying that they can't breathe, and the people on the left side were tripping. And, uh, and then it's, everything just was like on a stop. Everything stopped. Everyone was like crushed, stopped. I was standing with the whole time. At that moment, I remember feeling like Mama I needed next to get out of there. I'm a little bit blank what exactly was going on, but I remember that I was trying to think what can I do to have a nest to get out of there. And I, there's a big schuss to give money to Dukha for Einiklev, one of the Meilich from Lezhensk, which I've many times gave, and I was macabre that I'll give for someone a, a nice amount. After that, I saw a person that wasn't in this crush, meaning I was 10 feet away from the front of this whole, where the whole thing stopped. I saw someone showing a policeman, like, with his hands. You don't see what's going on over there? And he's, like, shaking and begging, do something. So a policeman came. There were such metal walls there. He was trying to rip it open. He was, like, pulling it back and forth, back and forth many times. It was a huge... I saw, like, he was really working very hard. So the whole time when everything stopped, I found myself next to the railing of the steps. So when I saw a little split open, I remember seeing like two, three people going out of that hole. I just remember having this thought, you have to do it, meaning it's not my nature to jump or push, but I remember thinking, you have to climb over the gate. You have to do it. I just climbed over that gate, and it was a nest that there was that railing, because there was the railing, a feet, about a foot of empty space, then the walls. So that railing kept back of not hundreds of people trying to get out of a hole. I had a muzzle that I was right next to the hole where they opened up, so I was able to go over the railing, have nice space to just crawl into the hole. We had to undercrawl scaffolds and out of the hole. So you had, you had to crawl under, uh, under scaffolds? It's, it's, it's not... It, it looked like scaffolds, like metal beams holding such a... So you, such had, to crawl, you had to crawl underneath it? Yeah, I had to crawl underneath it and come out. Wow. And when I came out, I looked to my right side from where the whole thing stopped, and I saw a horror scene. 
I don't think it's nice to describe what I saw, but it was horror. And my body got such a shock of what I saw that I just started, from itself, it started running away. I just asked for water, 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 because I felt severely dried out my mouth. And someone gave me a bottle, and he tried to stop me to calm down. I said, no, I need to run. And he said, no, it's good for you to rest. I said, I need to run. <laughs> and someone saw that I'm, I don't have a hat and a couple, and he asked me, do you need one? And he took off his, his one, because he had a hat, so that was enough for him. And he gave it, and I ran to the shuttle. Wow. Now, how long did the whole process take from when you saw that things were deteriorating, where people started to panic, starting to move out, until you got out? What period of time would you estimate that to be? I, I, I estimated about 10 minutes. Yeah, but it must have been very tension-filled and anxiety-filled 10 minutes. Yeah, yes, yes. So before the news broke and anyone was talking about it, and you have to understand, when I ran out of that hole, 10 feet away, people didn't know what's going on. Everything was like normal. I remembered what I heard. I remember what I saw, and I knew this must be, you know, severely bad news. But what happened was I didn't want to believe that I was almost in such a situation. So I tried to not believe. But later on, when the news started coming in, I knew, you know, I knew exactly what I saw and what I heard. Were, were, but were you concerned and you've gone to the Maroon in the past that this that tragedy could happen, that people could be in such a situation? Because everybody that I spoke to said that they were, they were it's a dangerous situation for many years. It wasn't that it just was invented this year. So, look, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, as I said before, I actually spoke to someone from Atzala yesterday. He wanted to hear more to learn a Tula person in America, which is very responsible for him to want to hear and learn right away for, for you know, huh. just to know. I explained them the reason why I didn't go into the center of this whole lot. Look, I was just at the side because my past experience is that there's always – you know, very, very hard push situations. It's very hard. You know, it's not just like someone pushes you and just leave. It's right. If you want it. And I, another point, I was already, my hardest moments were far away from the ramp, far away from the steps, right in the beginning, that first two or three moments. And that perhaps was a saving grace that you were at least some distance away. Um... So we appreciate that you were able to get out. Would you Would you go back again next year? It's a question that I've thought about. So my my the last few days, I'm trying very consciously to go on with life normal because I feel like the minute you start doing things not that you're used to, it could start dragging you into, you know, real because you see, trauma. You see, real, you, see, you see visions of the terrible thing. I know you didn't describe it. You saw terrible things coming out right. I'm sure it had an impact on you where it's hard to even talk about so it's something which doesn't go away so easily the images that flash in front of your eyes correct um, I'm trying to you know talk a lot and well it's good to and speak this way it helps get you know helps relieve some of that tension what you saw was traumatic nobody should go through that would you say being there would you Attribute or figure out who was to blame, who was responsible for this state of affairs that happened. Um, so I'll just 
say before that, like, like it's very, we try not to point fingers because we know ultimately everything is Menashemayim. But I would say, which I told to this Hatzalah person I spoke to yesterday from America, I told them by the corona, the government tried to say uh, a rule to don't fill up places to a certain capacity. Meaning to say, you know, besides, I'm, instead of talking what to blame, I would rather say a point to learn from it. Never fill up a place to its maximum capacity. And I told them also, there's no time to say something is happening, what can we do? These things happen within seconds, and when it happens, it's too late, there's nothing you can do. So I, I would say any, any place where there's a crowd, I think, never fill it up to full capacity. In business, there's a concept of always having an exit strategy. Right. Always leave enough, enough room for people to leave easily, and not just a few. A big percent to leave quickly. It's common sense, and there was no exit plan, and there was no strategy. Nobody was really running the show there. That's really where the problem lies. But Zalman Eisenbach, an eyewitness to the terror, to the tragedy that happened and on Lag Bomer and Mount Maron, thank you for being with us. We hope that you never experience something like this again. May you only have simplest and good occasions for you and your family. And I appreciate you sharing for us to get at least an idea of what the ordeal that you and so many thousands of people went through on Lag Bomer. So thank you for sharing with us. Yeah, you were welcome, and I want to thank Hashem Berabim for Amen. saving me. God saved everybody. Listen, it could have been worse, as bad as it was. It could have been worse. And thank God, but even with the Mount Forty Five is way too many. But uh, thank you, and I'm glad that you were rescued and you're in, that you're safe. So Baruch Hashem, thank God for that. And I also want yeah. to thank Ushi Teitelbaum, our producer, helped put it together the segment. So Ushi, thank you again. Very important. People should understand what happened on Lag Bomb in Maron. So, Zalman, thank you. Only, only simplest. Thank you. Oh, my, thank you, too. Good night. Good night. We're going to be right back. Don't go away. Stay tuned. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Talkline Radio and TV with Zeb Brenner is just phenomenal. Everybody concerned about the Jewish community should listen and watch. He has the best guests. He asks the most interesting questions. He's always so well prepared. It's talk radio and television from a Jewish point of view at its very best. To advertise on the Talkline Network and Talkline's email and social media blasts reaching over 70,000 people, please call 212-769-1925, extension 100. That's 212-769-1925, extension 100, or email info at talklinenetwork.com. This concludes TalkLine's Jewish broadcasts on radio for tonight. For continuous Jewish programs, please go now to talklinenetwork.com or our 24-hour-a-day listen line at 641-741-0389. For past shows, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms or jewishpodcast.org. Thanks for listening to the talklinenetwork.com.